0: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in
1: Tuscaloosa. Illustrated. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian
2: Well, I think really what it helps is it really helps relationships. You know, you get to know the parents better. You get to know the families better. You get to know people better. Um, One of the things that always strikes me, and this is one thing that you couldn't do during COVID, so I guess one day that class will come up. But every time I take pictures with the guys that graduate, when they walk up to me and I shake hands with them and congratulate them, the first thing that comes to my mind is their home visit. You know, when I was in their home, whether we had fried chicken or whatever the situation was, that's the first thing I remember. And uh, and that's because you develop relationships with the family and the parents. Uh, You're in their home. Um, Their hospitality is really, really appreciated. Uh, We've got some great parents, and obviously we want to have great relationships with them. So um, I think it has a huge impact for me in terms of getting to know them, and I think it has... Uh, a, a good impact on them in terms of they get to evaluate and get to know us a little better.
3: Two quarterbacks in this
4: class. That's Nick Saban on recruiting in a nutshell. He's the G O A T for many different reasons, and that's one of them. And I can't imagine, and there is no better evidence. You just look at the recruiting class over the last fifteen years. There's no better closer, not since Rivera, <laughs> 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 your, your main man in New York. Yeah. He's just phenomenal, and you could see their ne- – why? he Does he remember the meal he had at every recruit he signed?
5: This certainly sounds like it. Um, wow, what a beautiful mind. I'm just continually amazed at uh, Nick Saban. And how he is still operating at the height of his powers as he is now in his 70s. And uh, it's just we we haven't seen anything like this before. Uh, you know, by far and away, number one recruiting class in the country. And they
4: elevated, after we finished our show yesterday, to where they're now saying there is a pretty big difference between Alabama and Georgia. I have never seen six five stars in one class. The next highest, and I can look it up real quick, I think uh, Texas had four.
5: I'd be willing to venture that uh, are there even six five-stars in all of the Pac-12? I don't know. Uh. I'll have to look (laughs) that up. But um, just a a phenomenal job recruiting, and I think recruiting, like so many things in life, it – boils down to relationships. And Nick Saban is so good at fostering, creating, nurturing, enriching relationships. And uh there I you know, I've been in his office quite a few times. And the Nick Saban you get one-on-one, Matt, is far different than the public perception of Nick Saban. The the, the press conference Nick Saban And he is as smart as anyone I've ever met. And I think uh, he could have easily been, uh, you know, a Fortune 500 CEO, Um, you know, after his dad passed away at age 46. He goes back home for the funeral and he tells his mom, I'm going to take over dad's service station. I'm getting out of coaching. I think he was just a a GA at the time, just recently married to Miss Terry. And his mom said, no, no way. You need to forge your own path. You need to create your own story. You're not going to clean up and pick up the pieces that your dad's untimely death left behind. And, uh, and, 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 I, and I look, he would have done that. He would have happily done that. And he, he has a fascination with cars. You know, and and uh, and his—I his, mean, in I, I could dealerships. Now. I could, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I could talk a lot about Nick Saban and his, and his fascination with cars, and and how so part of the process of of uh, you know his his football philosophy also applied to his philosophy of uh, getting uh, giving a car a good oil change and <laughs> washing the windshield and and all that stuff. But uh, the the point is, he's just so smart, and you uh, combine smarts with just uh, uh, an internal furnace that is at full blast all the time, and you're just working, 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 working. I mean, you know, I've I've been on shows all, all throughout the country, and everybody wants to know what's what's the secret sauce of Nick Saban. And I always tell, tell people it's, it's fundamentally simple. It can be distilled into two words. Hard, hard work. work. I agree. There's no shortcuts and in life.
4: No. Uh, and he knows that. And you know what? He also passes that along to his players. Uh, and that's why they're now 70 in the National Football League, which is an all-time record. But we also have to tip the Auburn cap. Man, what a job you Freeze has done. They were, I think, 62nd going into yesterday. You know where they are now? Top twenty. Nineteenth. Yeah. I mean what a remarkable game. I mean I think and, I think he's higher than Ole Miss. Uh Ole Miss is Ole Miss had a little problem yesterday. I don't think they I don't think Lane got what he wanted, much less needed. But here's one thing that jumped out of me in all the recruiting news, and there is a ton of it. And we'll discuss it. Aaron Suttles is coming on in just a little bit. But man and I'm I'm pretty certain that his ire was raised. By Hugh Freeze. Ryan Day is not a happy guy. He's had several players flip. The most noted was Kalen Lee. You brought this up yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the details of him, he was an Ohio State going to be signee. Day yeah, signed with Auburn yesterday. And man, yeah. he went on, Ryan Day went on a rant, which by the way, it it seemed ill-placed because this has been going on for decades now. Once a guy has recruited. You've recruited. He's committed. He, th- he, I guess, is of the belief that you're supposed to lay off of him. I'll, I'll Nobody bet They don't. I bet they, don't. I'll no, bet they no, don't. No coach in the country does no, that. No, and they and Auburn. You think, stayed you think on Galab- this Alabama
5: did that with the the best offensive lineman in the country out of Iowa?
4: No. I'm sorry. He said something about being a Hawkeye. We're not flying out there anymore. Um. Anyway. Um. Saban had another, as I jump back and forth between the two. By the way, uh, don't get upset if you're a Blazers fan and you see UAB at 107. They only signed 10 yesterday. And numbers have a lot to do with your placement in the top 130-something, I guess. Yeah, you know.
5: I definitely want to get into, later in the show, uh, Trent Dilfer's comments. About this class and his vision. It, 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 it caused some people to kind of scratch their heads around the country. But, you know, it, UAB football is going to be interesting. <laughs>
4: it is going to be interesting with Trent Dilfer. If uh, it is true, and in most cases it is, you reflect the personality and your coach, you're right. UAB is going to be very interesting. He's his own guy now. And you know what? I love it. Mark Ingram, way to go. Take a chance.
5: Yeah, we're going to have to get Mark Ingram on the show. He's always been uh, very generous with his time. But uh, going back to Hugh Freeze, I-, I don't know if you've spent time with Hugh in, in yeah, a, little a, bit. a little one-on-one. He- he's a charming guy. And isn't it interesting, Matt, how quickly the past sins have been not necessarily forgotten, but nobody's talking about them anymore. Now For a while, hey, to now, my surprise, more so than I thought but but, but now it's now, all about uh hey, he's, hey done three, he's, done, yeah, in he's done more than three weeks he's done more than three weeks, and Brian harson did in, you know two
4: years that's sadly true,
5: yeah, um, I mean, that Brian Harson may go down as the worst coach in auburn history
4: uh, who was the guy that you brought up? No, we're not going to go distance on that but. Um, and you know what, he, Hugh Freeze, if he stays at well, he's pretty. He's still pretty young, right? Yeah, fifty, something like that. He can hang around and make his mark in Auburn football lore as well. Uh, and as expected, um, making a lot of racket is Dion Sanders. His son is going. The number one recruit from last year is going. Yeah, um, he's he's rocking.
5: It's going to be, again, this is a fascinating experiment going on in Boulder, Colorado. And if uh, Deion Sanders can turn this thing around, and I'm sure he will, I mean, it just <laughs> seems like it, uh, that, uh, you know, guys want to play for him. There is money in Boulder, there's money in Colorado. Um, yeah, that, it's just, a, it, it, like I said, it's going to be very interesting to watch from afar to see if he can kind of do the unimaginable, and that is turn Colorado around in, you know, one, two, even three years, because Colorado is bereft of talent right now. Or yeah, they, uh, they
4: were. Or I mean, they, what, were they're they're they 1-11? 1-11. Who'd they beat? <laughs> I'm just asking. Um, Aaron Suttles will join us in a minute. He's with The Athletic.
5: Yeah, Aaron's a good friend and uh, – covered alabama for a long time uh al.com and and now with the athletic and just does a terrific job uh one of the best uh sports writers in in the state and i I would venture to say even in the country and uh just again he he's he's got uh, his finger on the pulse of the program and i want to talk to him about nil I, i still don't really understand it and, uh, and maybe Aaron can help sort of uh, shed some light on how the money is dispersed.
4: <laughs> oh. I mean, let me ask it, you something. Going into this break, and Aaron's coming up. Would Alabama have had the number one recruiting class without NIL? The thing is, I think Alabama at a deficit. I don't think they. I don't think they use it. I think kids go to Alabama because they want to go to Alabama. I agree. They want to play for? Knicks I agree. Area. I, I do think it plays a role in places like Texas and Texas a But, you know, you have like. Uh, I mean, they, in fact, they talk about it advertising.
5: Pat Doozy, coach, saying, oh, I know of a quarterback who was offered $5 million by two different schools. Like, what are you talking about, uh, dude? Name the schools. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, like, that
4: indicts a lot of people. But, but, I don't but
5: like the thing is, like it's that. not illegal. No. And so, if you're
4: going to say something like that, then back it up. Well, Nick Saban try. How'd that work out? Yeah, <laughs> uh, they're gonna do a movie about it. Maybe a book, maybe not. Hey, you're listening to Big Noon Sports. Kristen Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, Farah. You having a good time?
6: You're, that's autumn. You're, you're, that's autumn. <laughs> that's why she gave me that look. <laughs> yeah, wow. she,
5: she did. How, she, old you, she the, the How old are you, sweet girl? Thought you the
6: dust Here five. five. She's
4: got to look at five. Yeah, because uh, I just got my head burned. Yeah, she's my doppelganger. Autumn. Autumn looks just like Merry Christmas, sweetie. (laughs) And there's Lincoln down there being a good guy. So we've got a house full of Christmas on Big Noon Sports.
1: From T Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in depth analysis on the SEC this is big noon sports roll tide the best sports talk
0: period your home for alabama Alabama sports Sports. tide 100.9 and streaming on the tide 100.9 app Hey, hey pete how's business it's great foot traffic's still way down but more people are finding me online nice how'd you pull that off well, the first thing I did was go to windy with the low at 12, the chance of a few snow flurries. The wind chill index below zero after midnight. Tomorrow, cold and windy, the high 24. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 51 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
4: Welcome back to the show, Big Noon Sports. Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Colton. we joined now by Aaron Suttles of the Athletic and of the airwaves, Tuscaloosa and Birmingham for a while as well. Aaron, I, I did a little research, uh, and you're from Leighton, I or Leighton. It depends. What do you What do you guys say? What do you call it?
3: Well, if you, yeah, good, good question. And it's how it's my litmus test to see if I know. It. You're from my area because a lot of people would say it's Layton, but it's Leap. So you had it right the first time.
4: Yeah, I grew up in Huntsville, so I'm very familiar with that area, and it is so talent-rich because uh, Town Creek's not far away, and we all know that story. And uh, Leon course. Douglas, yeah, was from. He's from there, and Phil Gargus, yeah, Le- Auburn quarterback. Le-
3: Phil Gargus is my cousin so he's a distant cousin. But, uh, yeah, my, my grandfather's...
4: Uh, this uh, is an
5: only-in-Alabama moment.
3: <laughs> uh, well, you know, us
4: <laughs> North Alabama guys, we got to stick together. That's uh, right, that's right. Now, that Aaron, that Aaron I did not know. Anyway, how you been, and Merry Christmas?
3: I'm well. Thanks for having me, guys. Merry Christmas
4: to you all. Yeah, Aaron, um,
5: let's just start with your big-picture... Thoughts on this amazing recruiting class that Nick Saban put together?
3: I think it's one of his better ones. And, you know, I wrote for The Athletic last night. um, I think it's just one of his better ones. Listen, it can be difficult to parse or sort of discern or make determinations on which class is great. And, And that really you don't really know, and Christian can tell you, you don't really know until three or four years away. But in terms of, I think it was symbolic. Because I think Alabama showed weakness this year on the field in terms of what what the expectation of play that they had set. So weakness is all relative. But even the games they won, they didn't look like an Alabama-dominant team that we've seen in the past. So um, I don't really focus so much on the losses because the losses were on the last play of the game. They were Alabama was in every game they played. Um, but in terms of what was facing the program, and, and you guys know SEC – is not for the weak, for the faint of heart. If you're going to recruit in the SEC, it's cutthroat now. And if you give them an opening, they're going to take it, and use it as leverage. And Alabama showed some signs of, of slippage this year. And then you you start thinking about 13 guys enter the portal, and the fan base is not happy with the coordinators. So the fact that Nick Saban weathered all of that and went in and got six five stars, and maybe he's going to add another five star today, and Desmond Ricks and put together a class and met needs and basically said, hey, we haven't gone anywhere, I think it was a huge class symbolically.
5: Aaron, I have spent uh, big chunks of two books trying to understand how Nick Saban has been uh, able to do this year in and year out in terms of recruiting. And I would venture to say that you probably have even written more than me about it. <laughs> I still don't really understand it. What, what, is, your, what is your takeaway? Like how, The simple question is how does Nick do it?
3: It's a great question, and it, it becomes an even bigger question every year as he gets older. He's seventy one years old, and he still relates to kids. Now, can he talk to them about hip hop or, or movies and stuff like that? Probably not. But the, 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 the student athletes that I've talked to always say one thing: you get him in a living room, one parents love him. Um, he, he the parents just melt over him. He's got he's got a charm about him that he doesn't show very often, but in the recruiting process, he does. He's very charming. But the student-athletes that I've talked to say one thing above all else. He doesn't lie to them. He doesn't lie to them at all in, in, in that he's not going to promise them a starting job. Um, he's going to promise them an opportunity for them to come in and earn it. And I think that stands out. I'm not saying a lot of coaches lie, but I think sometimes, you know, when you're building a relationship with a guy, you're going to say what you need to say to get him on campus.
4: And, I'm not, again,
3: I'm not calling any coaches liars. I just think you're using whatever – information you have that, that you see a player's lie, eyes light up when you mention playing time or, or, or anything, really, and you try to exploit that. Well, Nick Saban doesn't lie to him. He doesn't say it's going to be easy to play for Alabama. He'll come out and tell you Alabama's not for everyone. It's it's I don't think the, the average fan understands how much those student-athletes sacrifice. I mean, they work. We know they work hard, but I still don't think we have any idea how, how much work they put in. And Nick Saban doesn't hide that from them. And I think that stands out. To, to parents, I think it stands out to the kids. And it stands out because he's he doesn't he just straight up he's straight up with them. He doesn't hide the depth chart, but he just he promises them an opportunity. And then like if you're if you're a kid on the edge, what more do you need to see? How many Pro Bottles did Alabama have last night? Eight? Four in the secondary? Eleven. I mean he put, <laughs> he puts guys in the lead and in Patrick Sertan might be the best corner in the, in the NFL right now. I mean, he he develops yep. them. He, he wants them to get an education. But overall, Lars, I think the, the truth of the, the the secret to the the magic is he doesn't lie to
7: them. Aaron, I want to echo what you were just saying because you're exactly right. Um, parents love him. I know my mom um, absolutely loves Coach Saban um, from the minute he stepped in my home. He's just so respectable, um, very charismatic, very charming. And uh, you hit the nail on the head. The only thing he promises is an opportunity. There's no promised spots. Um, He promises that you can come in and work for a a job. And uh, I think, Lars, to answer your question, the the way he does it is is simple. Success. You know, kids want a couple things. They want to compete for championships, and they want to play at the NFL level. And he can offer both of those things. Aaron just alluded to the 11 Pro Bowlers, um, former Alabama players that were selected, um, reached seventy active players in the NFL, um, never done before, I believe. And again, I mean, this guy's won won uh, five—is it five national championships at Alabama, six including LSU? So um, six, at
3: Alabama, s- in LSU,
7: yeah. me, six at Alabama, seven at LSU. Yeah, six at Alabama, seven LSU. So uh, I think th- that says it all. I mean, if you want to play at the best of the, for the best of the best, and uh, you know, then come to Alabama. It's, it's that simple. Aaron, I want to ask you. I saw you—you uh, know—tweeted that that Coach Saban had made a comment about NIL playing a big factor. So that was that was true. So he had said that.
3: Yeah, he did. And I think he was talking about more in – listen, I'm, I'm, I don't know the ins and outs, but I can tell you Alabama did use NIL. I mean, I think anyone with common sense. But I don't think it's anywhere near what people would imagine that Alabama paid in NIL. I think what Coach Saban was saying is there were some players that probably priced Alabama out, like – Uh, You know, I heard some some rumors on some five-star guys that wanted a lot lot of money. And Alabama, um, they just weren't going to go that high, I I guess is one way. And I I have to be careful because Alabama is not really associated with its NIL collective. It's like a separation church and state almost there. But um, I do know that they are – listen, Nick Saban will tell you he's all for NIL. And if you find anybody that had more success in NIL than Bryce Young or Will Anderson in the past year, I'd love to see it because that's the success I think Nick Saban sells to recruits is that we're going to create a tremendous brand for you. You come to Alabama and you play well, we're going to give you a stage that's probably unparalleled across the rest of college football. And in that you can go sign some some really big deals, which I think Bryce and, and Will did. Um, but I do think it's a new world. Listen, this is a, this is a really our second go round with NIL in terms of how it's affected recruiting. Um, I'm curious to see where it goes in the short and long term if it, it's if it's really a model that is sustainable. But right now it is being utilized in in Alabama, you know, their collective did really good work in getting the guys they got and some of the guys wanted more money than, than the collective could provide for them and so they didn't didn't end up at Alabama.
7: Aaron with Bryce Young leaving this year you know that quarterback position is going to be wide open you got guys like Jalen Milrow Ty Simpson in the program um, just signed two quarterbacks um yesterday in, uh, in the recruiting class what are your thoughts on the quarterback position do you see them potentially going in the portal searching for another guy at quarterback or do you think they might have uh the next guy um, at the position already in the program or coming in in the signing class
3: you know it's it's a it's a really valid question and one that's really relevant today's college football because we see the portal, the position that's really most active is quarterback because if you're not the guy, you know, you have options. Now you can go search for another job. What, JT Daniels is what on his fourth or fifth school <laughs> right now? So I, I think they want to give Jalen and Ty Simpson every opportunity to win that job. And, you know, we have seen Jalen – play this year in, in meaningful snaps and games in the SEC. We have not seen Ty Simpson, so I, I think they would like to see one of those guys, but in today's college football, unless you have an established starter, you have to be open, at least, to to the portal. Um, if, if somebody became available that would fit Alabama's system and what they want to do and had the experience and the skill set, you would be foolish to turn them away. Um, but it's really it's a balancing act, Christian, because if, if you do that, Say for instance, Alabama got a, a transfer quarterback now. There's a potential that you you might lose both Jalen Milroe and Ty Simpson before spring practice. Sure. Um, so it, it's a balance and I can and look, Nick Saban's been through this before. The fact that he kept Jalen Hurts in 2018 was I'm still marveling at how he he managed that relationship and kept him on an extra year. So he's he's been through it before, but. It, particularly at that position, it is so difficult to manage your roster in terms of depth and, and establish any depth because they, players have more options than ever. But to answer your question, I, I think, I think there would probably go through spring with trying those two guys out and then the two freshmen that you mentioned, Diller Longrand and Eli Holstein, and figure out if they got a starter there. And if not, they might have to dip into the portal.
4: Aaron, you know the drill here. Can we beg another segment from you? Sure. All right, let's do that. Hey, this by the way, stuff. by the way, Aaron, um, you and I are gonna pull aside here in just a minute and talk about bourbon, okay?
3: I love it. <laughs>
4: so do I. <laughs>
1: this is Big Noon Sports. From T Town to the Plains. This is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for... <laughs>
6: up Uptown got its
7: hustlers. The Bowery got its bumps
4: Big Big Noon Sports, Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and our guest is Aaron Suttles of The Athletic. Um, Aaron, we lean and and talk a lot about Alabama on this show, and I know you, you, you have been on their beat, but your comments quickly on Auburn's Hugh Freeze taking them from 60th to 19th in recruiting.
3: I think it says more, and I don't mean to be um, disrespectful of, of Coach Harson. That, that's a hard job. Coaching the SEC is hard. It's not just X's and O's. You've got you've to recruit. Uh, and him coming having no ties to the Southeast, it was very difficult for him. But um, the stories that went around of, um, you know, I, I wrote a piece for The Athletic a few months ago where we talked. I, I granted anonymity high school coaches and just say, hey, tell me how Alabama recruit your program. What do you like? What do they do well? Um, how does Auburn recruit your program? What do you like? What do they do well? And the amount of coaches, and I'm talking coaches with multiple Power 5 players in their program, um, said they'd never met Brian Harson. which is I, I don't know how. I, I can't even fathom. I mean, that's almost a dereliction of duty uh, in the Southeastern Conference, not going around and, and being known to high school coaches. So um, I think part of it is just having like a coach in there that knows what he's doing in recruiting this area. And and um that was enough to lift Auburn because there's no there's no world in which Auburn should be that low ever in recruiting. It's a great program. They've got tremendous um fan support. You're in a proximity to Georgia and Alabama and and, all, and Florida in which you have great talent at your fingertips and you have great resources. They just built a brand new football building they've opened, so Auburn being in the sixties never should happen. So um I think it's gonna get a lot more competitive for Nick Saban in Alabama. Um they've they Hugh Freeze is probably the best recruiter they've had down there. Man, you know, probably I mean, even though um even though Gus Malzahn did picked up some good athletes, I'd have to probably go back until when, you know, Gene Shizik was down there with the great supporting cast around him in which they were pulling in some good talent. It's been a while since Auburn has had that level of recruiter. So, you know, just having a guy that has a presence and somebody knows what he's doing was enough to make up a lot of ground in a very short period of time.
5: Aaron, was there one player in this Alabama class where you were thinking, there's no way? Nick Saban's going to land him, and he ended up signing with Alabama. And then a uh, follow-up to that is, who do you think of, of all the uh, all the guys who just signed will have the biggest impact in year one?
3: Oof, that's a great question. I, I know the guy that I like the most in this class, um, and he may end up making an impact. Christian could probably tell you more how realistic it is. at the position to get on the field quickly at Alabama. I know some positions lend themselves to being – Freshman getting on the field than others. But I think Caleb Downs, the kid from Georgia safety, um, he's got pedigree. His brother played at North Carolina. Um, you know, his his family's played college football and in the NFL. I think he's the top player on the board, honestly. I mean, I know Keon Keely's rated higher, but Caleb Downs is exactly the prototypical Nick Saban player. Great family, smart kid, um, has his priorities in order. It means football means a lot to him. I, I think he's got a chance now. I don't know how realistic it is. at safety, given the complexity of Alabama's defense that he comes in and plays, but I, I think he's going to put himself in good position. You know, the person I, that I thought in Alabama would have a really hard time getting is, is justice Haynes, the running back out of Georgia, simply because when you're a legacy to a school, and Christie could probably tell you about this, the fact that his father was a legacy in his in power five football and then Christian went elsewhere. But usually those ties are very hard to break. Um, and some fathers are, are real big on wanting their sons to go play at their alma mater. And some fathers are, hey, this is my son's decision. I want him to pick what's best for him. And But the fact that Justice Haynes was a, a very, really good running back, the fact that Georgia produces really good running backs, the fact that his father played there, the fact that he lives in the state, and the fact that Alabama pulled him away, um, was remarkable so um, those are two Georgia kids and Caleb Downs and Justice Haynes that I think you know they're they're sort of Nick Saban guys in terms of the character that they have on and off the field and the, the athletic ability that they were born with and that they nurtured and, and got better and and those two guys are, are chief among those two in, in this particular class I think
7: Aaron I don't know how much you keep up with the NFL but um, one notable name that was left off of the the Pro Bowl roster was Tua Tagovailoa. Um, he's, he he missed a couple games due to injury, but you know passed for over thirty two hundred yards, twenty four touchdowns up to this point. Do you feel that he was snubbed on that list? Do you feel like he was deserving to be on that Pro Bowl list? I'm sure he's probably going to be an alternate, and uh, more than likely will end up somehow you know being there. But do you feel that he was a snub?
3: I think he was deserving. I just think when you start looking at the AFC quarterbacks, two that spring to mind right now, or three actually, are Patrick Mahomes, I mean, an MVP candidate, probably leading the MVP race right now. Um, Joe Burrow is playing out of his mind at Cincinnati, and Josh Allen at Buffalo. It's, it's going to be hard to break that trio up just, mm-hmm. just because of what they are. But I do think the season that Tua had, and I think you start talking about MVP and what it means, it's most valuable look at what the Dolphins are without him. I mean, even with a tremendous running game and, and, the, and the speed that they have in Tyreek and, and Jalen, um, you take two out of that offense and they really aren't the same. But I wouldn't call it a snub simply because of the three guys that are, I named are so good. But I do think two had a very worthy uh, case of being an all-star this year, pro bowler.
4: Hey, let's go west. What do you think is happening with Colorado and Deion Sanders?
3: It's it's so interesting. I, I think his rise, I don't know that we've ever seen anything like it in coaching. He's always been, we knew him for, for his play. We knew he was a media personality. Um, but this is a guy that coached in high school and and then took a job at Jackson State that a lot of coaches wanted. It's, it's, it's just not the typical route you see when you start talking about getting a Power 5 job. What's the usual route is? You know, you were GA some way GA back in the day, and then you get a shot at, at being an assistant coach, and then you get a shot at being a coordinator, and you put in your time. and And Dion is is taking a different route there, and he's he's been he was he was been able to do it because of his name, um, because he has recognizability. To even though he didn't play, where these kids remember him playing, they know who Dion Sanders is. But but it's beyond that. He's been a pretty good coach. Look at what he's done at Jackson State. Um, with not a lot of resources at all to get the number one player in the country in, in Travis Hunter last year was that sent shockwaves throughout the sport. And I think Power 5 programs took notice that part of your job as a college football coach is recruiting. And what Dion has done in very short order, not only that, but to pull the staff that he's putting together shows that he's respected. So it has not been the typical way we see coaches get a head job in Power 5 football. But it does prove, I mean, we're seeing it right here in state too, right, with Trent Dilford, that there are multiple ways to to being a power five coach or at least group of five and and getting your name out there. And I think he's going to be something to watch because Nick Saban will tell you that he's not the best coach that's ever existed. But he'll probably admit to you that he's probably the best recruiter the game has ever seen. So you could be the best coach in the world, but if you don't have the talent, you don't have much choice. So what Dion has done earlier, we still don't know how good a coach he is, I don't think. But the recruiting part and the, the getting the, the spotlight on your program, he's pretty, he's pretty darn effective.
5: Okay, Aaron, uh, two more questions for you. I'm a multiple-question guy. Um, are you surprised that Bryce Young and Will Anderson decided to play in the bowl game? And then uh, can you handicap the college football playoffs for us and how you see it shaking out?
3: I am surprised. You know, I'd been told two or three weeks ago that, that there were no opt-outs, and I believed it at the time. I, I didn't report it because I thought, the, their, I thought their agents would, would say no. I thought their agent would say, this is a bad idea. Don't do it. And then I checked last Friday, and they, they still, you know, I started practice last Friday, and I checked in with my sources. and They're like, no, there are no, still no opt-outs, and that's when I decided to, to go with it. But I am surprised because they have a lot of, uh, a lot at risk. But I'm also not surprised because I, I use the word character a lot. It gets thrown around. There are some guys that come through Alabama that are character guys, and they are such a pleasure to cover because you just know whatever – even if football doesn't work out, that they're going to be successful in life. And I, those – I can tell you my favorite players off that I've covered off the top of my head, and they're all character guys, the guys that you just know they can do whatever they want, not just about football, but they're really good at football. And I think that's where Will – and Bryce Finn, and they're both really good at football, but I mean, these guys graduated in three years, and Will was in communication. Bryce graduated in three years in psychology. So I mean, he's a smart kid. They're both smart kids. They're both uh, leaders. Um, so, yes, it surprised me just based on their future and, and what potentially could happen. God forbid if they got injured, but, uh, but knowing their character. It did not surprise me at all if they wanted to play one more time with their guys. Um, in terms of handicap in the playoff, I think it's Georgia's to lose. Um, I just don't think any, they're just so fundamentally sound on the lines of scrimmage. But there's so many different ways. You would almost have to play a perfect game to beat them. I do think the college football playoff committee did not do them any favors in seeding them against Ohio State. I think Georgia probably deserved a better, better opponent than that. But I, I think it's Georgia's to lose.
4: All right, uh, quickly, what is your go-to $40 bottle of bourbon?
3: Well, you don't have to go $40. i I'll, I'll My go-to bourbon, if, you, if they have an allocation, you can find it. It's Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace is phenomenal bourbon. It will not break the bank. We have trouble finding it in Alabama, but that's my go-to.
4: Have you ever had any Legacy? Uh, legacy is not phenomenal. not bad for an $18 for
3: for under bottle of bourbon. Yeah, it's a really, really yeah. quality bourbon.
4: I had something the other day that I loved, and it was the Bullet Rye. Have you had that?
3: I have, and I'll give your listeners, I know we're we're running out of time here, but the cheap, cheap bourbon that's actually really good is called Benchmark. It's actually made by Buffalo Trace. It's just not aged as long as some of their other well-known varieties, but it's perfect for a cheap bottle if you want to throw in your golf bag.
4: Can I drink it neat?
3: Absolutely, yeah.
4: That, to me, if a bourbon – is worth it's uh, is worth the price if I don't have to throw any ice. You know, I, I really – hey, Aaron, I really love to go out and have a drink with somebody and see them order something up like a Basil Hayden and then dump Diet Coke in it.
3: I see it all the time. That's, I see it all the time. That's
4: something I would do. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely something I would do. I just got to go, really? Really? Why don't you find some J.W. Dan? I don't even know if they make that anymore.
3: Like $9, Green, $9 Aaron a bottle. Yeah.
4: Okay, there you go. Hey, uh, great stuff. Tell everybody where they can catch up with Aaron Suttles.
3: They can follow me on Twitter at Aaron Suttles and, of course, at The Athletic.
4: Wonderful. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, hey guys, Aaron. You. Thank you so much, my friend. All right. Um, really good stuff from Aaron Suttles. You uh, you have news about 1 o'clock? Yeah,
5: Tim Brando, uh, who is sort of struggling to get back to Louisiana right now uh, with travel issues. He's nice enough. He's going to join us from an airport somewhere at the top of the hour. He did a game last night, didn't he? I think he did Villanova.
4: The Wildcats. So is he in Philly? Oh, now May it hadn't gotten there. He, well, we were texting back and forth, and he
5: um, just said the plane had to be de iced. And I was, when I was on a plane the other day, it also had to be de iced. And it just gives you a, a little bit of pause. Do you
4: know that one third, over 100 million people, are going to be affected by this Arctic storm? That's all. What did you say the wind chill was in Nebraska? Minus 37.
5: Yeah. Minus 37. It's going to get I mean, and the the actual temperature
4: in Nebraska right now is minus 10. It's going to get down under zero as far as windshield in Alabama. Hey, I have a suggestion. I want to make sure everybody does this. Check your radiator. That water's going to freeze. Make sure you have antifreeze in it. And check your pets. Your pets.
1: Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the
0: Tide 100.9 app. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take... With the low at 12, the chance of a few snow flurries. The wind chill index below zero after midnight. Tomorrow, cold and windy, the high 24. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 51 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
4: Back on Big Nudes Sports. Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter. We'll be joined by Tim Brando at the top of the hour. Wanted to just uh, bring up a couple of NFL notes because I think we all saw this coming. But uh, Jalen Hurts will not play this weekend for the Eagles at quarterback. They will go to, I, I think, oddly enough, and man, I hope he does fantastic uh, based on his love of, of Mike Leach. But Gardner Minshew, the mustache, is going to get the start. And um, I just read this that uh, Lamar Jackson will not play. Does anybody have an, any idea or ever heard of his backup? I'm going to lay it on you, Tyler. Huntley. Tyler Huntley, played he's good. Yeah. Tyler Huntley is a good player. Yeah, right, right are you Christian, Christian. Yeah, yeah Christian.
5: Yeah,
7: him. give us a break. To, yeah, what's he like? He's a he's a very athletic guy. He's very. Um, you know explosive quick he's very similar to lamar in terms of his elusiveness and ability to make plays with his legs um, you know obviously you know throwing the ball i wouldn't say he's the most effective passer but he can make the throws um, but realistically his 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 biggest asset is his running ability and uh, that guy is, is very fast uh, he's almost like uh, lamar jr honestly uh, maybe not uh, quite as uh, you know well as a passer but Uh, Still very much a threat, and uh, I think he'll fill in fine. He played last week. He didn't do too bad, I don't think. But, uh, you know, obviously he's he's not Lamar Jackson. But good player, though.
5: Christian, I I, I never like to put you in a position where I'm kind of asking you to criticize a player.
4: It's because he doesn't like to do that. I know. (laughs) And I don't either. I don't either. I really really don't.
5: But I I do question Lamar Jackson – and his decision not to sign the long-term deal, I mean, but uh, with uh, the Ravens before the season, and also the fact that I question him representing himself. So let's, not really focusing on Lamar, but what do you think about players representing themselves and not using an agent?
7: Um, that's, It's tough because uh, someone like myself, you know, I take pride in kind of, uh you know my, my own financial literacy and, and my ability to kind of manage my own stuff i do um, have someone i work with however um, i'm very much involved and and for a while i, I like to uh, do my own thing um, however that being said in terms of representing yourself and being able to speak that contractual language uh, that's that's very difficult and uh, I, I almost would just maybe just you know recommend you having someone at least in your corner that is experienced to be able to do that kind of stuff um but if he feels comfortable enough doing it that's fine there's several other players i think richard sherman also represented himself obviously was a stanford grad so he's pretty smart himself (laughs) um but yeah i I know it's going to work out for lamar but um you know sometimes you just have to you have to just let somebody else kind of Uh, take the reins because, again, they went to school for it and they probably have a little bit better understanding than you do, but I'm sure he'll end up making the right decision. I don't know about that Stanford thing. Did you see where there is a group of
4: administrators at Stanford that want to ban the use of the word American? Wow. I haven't heard that. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe overthinking a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) You think? Sam Brando is coming up.
0: This holiday ad will be over in 27 seconds. Unlike the new Duracell battery with power boost ingredients that can last 19,976.
1: Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller.
6: I'm big on not signing a quarterback that I haven't seen throw. I'm very uncomfortable about that and I have witnessed this guy make every single throw that is, that, that you need to make. And he is a heck of a guy, great family. Um, and it's going to be a great addition to our locker room and leadership and, and see how he competes to throw the football because he, he really has an NFL arm. I've witnessed it with my own eyes. Terrence Love, solid. Solid family, man. Stephanie and Princeton, they're uh, an awesome. a ton of uh, FaceTime calls. And I only get one in-home visit, so the rest of it is uh, me making sure that he feels, um, obviously, J.G. is going to do a good job in doing that, as, as did Zach. Um, but making sure that he felt like, man, I'm a priority for not just them, but for the head coach. And I can't do that with every single recruit we have, and so I have to be strategic, um, but he was one that I was going to, um, I was going to be on the phone morning and night every single day trying to uh, to convince him that this was the best place for him, and he had great options and really was down to two schools and the other. I have great respect for their head coach, and I know he's good at uh, building relationships also. and. I think it really came down to we did a good job of of building the relationship and also the gift he can give his mom and family to to be.
4: Uh, There you have Hugh Freeze, and he's talking about specific recruits, how he recruited, and I I think also of equal importance as he has rounded out his staff. You know, the fact that they went from 62 to 19 is pretty impressive. When you think about it, he wasn't even – he didn't even have a full hand as far as his assistants are concerned. Which, by the way, I noted that was something else that Nick Saban said about what an incredible job some of his assistants had done, particularly some of his first-year assistants. And when you're getting a class that is 20 points higher than Georgia, um, I think there's a lot of credit. Also, uh, Joe Gaither, who's our producer in Tuscaloosa Tide, said Alabama did, in fact, I don't know they used it to the extent of Texas A&M in Texas but they they did go to the NIL.
5: Yeah, and um I I still am trying to come to grips with how big a factor NIL is playing because I would have thought uh, from the outset that uh, basically kids are going to go to the highest bidder. I mean, that's uh, I, maybe i would have done that i i don't know like in 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 your job Matt. ask i mean christian well, if, if, if i yeah, well matt if uh if you could make more money at a different radio station or a different different program i know you love christian and i but uh
4: yeah but you know i'll be honest We a lot would have to do with the radio station if it's uh ten water out of uh, debunco you know california no I'm not going to leave for that. I mean, you, you understand? Yeah. I, I think there's more than just the way how much NIL money. And I think Christian can answer this, yep. but I think it makes a big difference when you're the University of Alabama. Am I right or am I right or am I right?
7: Yeah, no, you're exactly right, Matt. And it's just, it's one of those things where, again, you can't blame a kid who's being enticed with money. Um, again, an 18 year old, I mean, you have someone, you know, shoving three hundred thousand five hundred thousand dollars in your face and saying hey come here we'll get i mean that, that you can't you can't blame the kid it's just one of those things i wish it was set up because again this is just turned into bribery right i think it was intended intended to be when you get to the program you know the 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 how you perform um what you do on and off the field um creates your value there and then that's when you you start you know capitalizing and uh earning some some opportunities uh to make that nil money just i just don't understand how it's legal right now to basically buy players like it, it just feels like professional football i mean it's almost like these kids are free agents and they're signing to whoever's offering them the most money because that's a, that's a, a similar situation in football you'll have you can either go to a team who might be a terrible team, but they're offering you a large contract or you can go to a better team who doesn't have as much money to offer you, but you have a chance at winning a Super Bowl. So that's what it really reminds me of. And uh, I guess it's just whatever uh, the kid has uh, in his priorities. Does he want more money? Does he want a better opportunity? I just urge these kids to make sure they're looking at things like, you know, does that school have the, the education that I want to pursue? You know, how do they treat uh, former players when I'm done? You know, what's what's their – uh, system like for if, I, if football doesn't work out, you know, how are they going to help me find uh, my next profession? How, how are they going to support me um, if I do get injured and can't play football? So all those things I feel like should be uh, thought about and, and should be considered, not just a cash allowance that a school might offer you to come and play for them.
5: Christian, I, I want to get into your own recruiting story because I think it can be instructive just sort of how the whole process works. Um, is it the position coach who initially makes contact? Is it coach Sabin? and then throughout the process how how often are you in contact, say before you have verbally committed and and is Nick Sabin kind of the closer?
7: Um, so with me personally, uh, I remember I'd have like an assistant coach come visit me at my high school. And uh, one of the first ones, again, was Virginia Tech, I believe, and then uh, Clemson followed that. Um, but they'll normally come visit you at your high school and you'll start receiving, you know, letters in the mail or letters to the school um, just to so them showing interest in you. And then it normally develops into a relationship. You start speaking with those coaches more frequently um, as, as long as, you know, the time allows it. You know, there's rules when they, they can and cannot speak to you. Um, they'll invite you to camps. They'll try to get you on campus during that time frame. And they'll, they'll bring you along and they'll, they'll continue to try to nourish that relationship and, and just really try to pour into you and just try to, uh, you know, just try to, to earn your trust and, and get you up there and get more um, involved than um, it kind of just grows from there. You, you'll eventually, you know, speak with Coach Saban. You know, particularly you'll talk to him on the phone first, and then obviously when you get on campus, you'll sit down and really get to meet him and um, spend time with them. Um, and then it, it ultimately, by the time. Uh, you know official visits roll around you'll have you know five official visits to use and um, you, you can take those if you'd like and then that helps kind of narrow it down even more but it's a long process because again it's, it starts with some some mail um, some letters in the mail and then it uh, slowly progresses into you know relationships um, of them coming to you then you go on to them um, them coming back to you for in-home visits, you taking an official visit, then ultimately committing and then eventually signing, as guys did yesterday uh, with National Signing Day. So it stood, but again, it's starting to get a little bit different now with the whole NIL stuff and, and all that. So, I mean, I, I, that was at least how it was with, with me. I'm sure it's you know pretty much the same other than the money aspect.
4: Christian Miller, <clears throat> did Saban come to your home did other head coaches come to your home, and um, was your dad present? I, I'm, I'm assuming that anybody that was recruiting you would be familiar with your dad's resume.
7: Yeah. So, um, actually, uh, Chris Rumpf, who uh, recruited me, he was a defense line coach here at Alabama. He actually uh, played in college with my dad. Uh, it might have been only like a year, but uh, they had that relationship, and and even Coach Saban, um, you know, had a lot of mutual um uh, relationships uh with my dad you know whether it was like bill parcells and, and other various coaches um i remember when i came on my visit here you know coach saban and my dad just hit it off because they just started talking uh in his office about all the different coaches and uh old stories about you know uh mutual friends and whatnot and um yeah when coach saban had come to my house my mom cooked uh you know her her, her famous lasagna for him and uh Uh, My dad, uh, I think my dad came over as well. Um, But, yeah, you know, it was was fun. We just kind of just – we ate, we sat down in my living room. He kind of just discussed, uh, you know, his vision for me if I attended the University of Alabama and um, how he saw uh, my trajectory as a player and, and what I could provide in the program. And again, it was a similar thing to what Aaron alluded to earlier that, you know, he didn't promise me, hey, you know, you're going to come in and be the starting Sam linebacker. But he did tell me you're, you're our Sam linebacker, our top Sam linebacker on our board, um, which is a strong side linebacker. And he said, you know, we'd love to have you. You know, you know, we can promise a great opportunity for you. You know, you know, obviously. You know, mention the success that they've had and, and the guys that they've produced um, to go on in the NFL. So that was pretty much how it worked out for me. It was a really special time, and I'm glad I got to embrace it and uh, and experience it because it was, it was so cool to be, be able to see a coach like Coach Saban come down uh, to Columbia, South Carolina and come share a meal with me and my family. Um, but to answer your question, he was the only one. Um, I kind of had narrowed it down um pretty much to Alabama at that point. I I think I still had, you know, Georgia and Florida in the mix, but I was pretty set on Alabama. So I I stood um, firm with that, and and they they were my only official visit as well.
4: It's an interesting process, and it's also even more interesting, and I I would add confusing and uh, negative in a certain way, with NIL. I I just – I would. I'd love to ask you. just a blanket question. Is what if somebody offered you five hundred thousand and some other school didn't offer you anything? How much would that have weighed?
7: If I'm being honest, Matt, you know, especially with with me being a big uh, business minded guy, I would. I I honestly would consider the five hundred thousand dollars only because I would say, hey, I know how to invest this money. I could turn this five hundred thousand into a million dollars, putting it in the right places putting in a brokerage account, and let my money work for me. But <laughs> well, I don't know if these other guys are thinking like that, but that's how I would think. However, I would, you know, I would really sit down and think on it. I would not necessarily just say, oh, here's a lot of money. I'm going to take that. I would also consider, well, if I play my cards right and I go to a university uh, with more prestige and, and has a, a bigger stage where I can perform and have that opportunity to play the next level, the next level will pay, will pay me $500,000 and more. So I would also take yeah. that into consideration. That would uh, definitely be a big factor in that. Just how I could be set up for my future. I think that's you got to be careful. You can't get caught up in that instant gratification. That five hundred thousand dollars is nice right now, but um, it, it could be uh, you know a, a big mistake. And you could have a lot more on the back end if you if you go elsewhere that provides a long term solution, not a short term solution.
4: Big Noon Sports: Christian Miller, Lars Anderson, and Matt Coulter. Guys, something happened last night in college basketball that has not occurred in 30 years. I'll tell you about it.
0: The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: Where does the magic of the holidays come from? The North Pole? Maybe. Sugar Plum Fairies? Probably not. At Walgreens, we know that magic comes from you. It's the whole- night
0: Windy with the low at 12, the chance of a few snow flurries, the wind chill index below zero after midnight. Tomorrow cold and windy, the high 24. I'm James Spam on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on tide 100.9. It's 51 degrees in Tuscaloosa. 750 floor. Use Chrome.
4: Far as nothing says Christmas like the Bee Gees. Do you remember that movie? You were probably seven. But when Saturday Night Fever came out, oh yeah, and it swept the nation, and then disco really took over.
5: I think Saturday Night Fever. Uh, it was supposed to be based in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, right? And uh, I lived in Bay Ridge for about six months, and it turns out that it is a huge. Norwegian enclave. And so uh I got to know, you know, I'm I'm Norwegian and so I, I fit in with uh you know uh Thor and Leif and all, all all my boys said that I was on a I was in a dart league. And man, Bay Ridge is a tough place. Man, it, it fights every movie, night. Yeah, it fights the every movie night. movie indicated it was a pretty tough place. Yeah. But, um It's, it's, actually it's a it's pretty way, good it, flick. It's really. way down by the Verrazano Bridge in Brooklyn. Uh it's amazing how big Brooklyn is. I think by itself, Brooklyn's like the fourth biggest city in the country.
4: Um, that's where Eli's from. Eli goes. Raised in Brooklyn. Um, all right. Back on the show, Lars Matt Christian. Last night, a little small school, Eastern Illinois, defeated Iowa by a score of 92 to 83 in college basketball. The Hawkeyes going into this game were favored by 31 and a half points and they got beat by 9. In the last 30 years, 30 point underdogs were 0 and 558. Five, 558. I guess it's now 1 and 559.
5: So you could arguably say that this is the greatest
4: upset in college basketball history. As far as lines are concerned, yes. And, in fact, that very article said that. You could argue the point. And of course, the biggest upset most people would say, help, help the old man memory, it was in the first round, one beat to six, 16, yeah. two years ago. Yeah. Um, that would be it. But I've never heard of uh, a team that big an underdog going on and winning the football game, a basketball game, I should
5: say. Um, Switching topics here real quick, Uh, something that Nick Saban said in his press conference yesterday really caught my ear, and that was um, he was asked uh, about the cornerback position, and he said, and this is the quote, I think corner is one of the most difficult positions to find, and that's still something that we're going to continue to look for. And so, Christian, uh, my question to you is why are corners so hard to find?
7: Well, cornerback is one of the toughest positions to play. You're on an island out there, and uh, it it takes a lot to, to be a, a dominant corner. Um, you got to have the physical traits. You know, nowadays they want guys to have a little more length. You know, back in the day, corners weren't as big, but nowadays corners are six foot plus. You're seeing guys um, as tall as six two, six three now more frequently playing cornerback, and uh, you got to have speed and athleticism. But you also got to be able to provide some run support on the edge, coming down and make tackles um but one of the biggest um keys to being a, a, a good cornerback is the mentality at that position so it's really hard just to find guys um that, that contain all those traits and tools and um it's, it's just like the left tackle position and and if you look at the, the national football league there's only so many uh left tackles in the football, in the national football league there's only you know so many you know true cornerbacks that are locked down corners it's it's a a position that's is very rare to find guys um that are just elite so i think that's what he's referring to but it sounds like uh alabama is is really strong in position at landing uh i think the number one cornerback in the nation um that plays at img right now so um we'll see and i think his name is desmond ricks i believe um so we'll see what he ends up doing but uh it seems like alabama is in position to potentially land him who is also a five-star uh player
5: So, join us now is Tim Brando, uh, who was calling a college basketball game last night, trying to make it back to his home in Louisiana. Before we get into anything, Timmy, how are you doing? How's the travel going?
8: Mm.
5: Tim, evidently not well. (laughs) Hey, Timmy, uh, okay, maybe we lost him. But uh, I, I know Tim is... Uh, You're breaking
8: up on me, fellas. Uh, uh, Having some
5: difficulty oh, oh, hearing. Oh, there we go. All right. Yeah, Tim, if you could uh, just bring us up to speed of uh, your uh, travel travails. And and are and and are you getting closer to Louisiana?
8: Didn't hear you. Having this, I heard bringing up to speed, and that was it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Matt, why don't you... Are talk? you in Louisiana yet? We we're having technical difficulties. It's right the back. weather. It's the it's the it's gotta be the weather. Yeah, we're gonna try to get Tim
5: uh back here in a second.
4: I feel like we've got a couple of tin cans and some string. <laughs> That's no reflection on our wonderful equipment. It just feels like that. Um Well and, and what, what were you um you're gonna ask Tim. We can get it to you. Whether you, I just he was, in, he was in he, he did in, a Villanova game I think, last I night. Think he was He's calling coming.
5: Villanova, and uh, you know, Tim, I, I love talking to Tim, sort of off the air, because he has so many great tra- travel tips. And number one is He's back with
8: you. I'll,
5: I'll, I'll, all right. We're back with Tim. Timmy, can you uh, bring us up to speed on uh, your journey back to Louisiana? How's it going? Hmm. Well, this is a
8: shame. I gather you wanted to ask about weather. And uh, so I'll tell yes. you, it's uh, it's it's getting really bad in DFW. I'm glad we got out when we did. I knew I would be delayed when I was in DFW because the plane that I was going to be taking, a, re- a regional jet, was coming out of Grand Isle, Nebraska. Well, Grand Isle was in bad shape, so I knew they were going to be delayed, and they were. But... Um, I got out of Philly without a problem, and uh, this is why you take the earliest flight, fellas. Fly out at 5 a.m. in the morning, so as the dominoes fall, you're ahead of the curve. And uh, I'm going to make it home for Christmas. If I hadn't made it home today, you know, if I'd gotten stuck in Dallas, it might have been a, a really rough week for me. So uh, it's going to be bad. I think the pre is going to be more along I-30, maybe a little less i 20. So hopefully we won't get the snow and ice that we did back in February of last year. You know, through Mississippi, Louisiana, and Alabama.
5: Let's hope so, anyway. Tim, you you sound like you are living planes, trains, and automobiles right now. And hopefully it won't uh, <laughs> it won't come to that. Um, let's just talk college basketball for a second. Uh, as you look sort of at the big picture, how many teams in your mind have a legitimate chance to win the national championship? And I know it's really early
8: 15 or 20 could win it all 35 or 40 have a chance to go to the final four. There's that much balance. It's uh, you know, I talk often about college football's world becoming more flat and there's more parity and there is, I mean, it is getting better. But college basketball has had it for a long, long time. And it's what makes the NCAA tournament so great. You know, I overheard you guys talking about the Iowa loss, and they're a really good team. But, you know, a team like Eastern Illinois isn't bad. And if you don't show up to play, that's why I get so pissed off when I'm watching these guys on, the, uh, uh, on daytime television, you know, with their analytical crap telling me FPI says, this team has a ninety-five percent chance of losing. Well, then, why the hell we? Why the hell don't we just not play the game? Okay, you play the game because <laughs> upsets can happen. You know, I mean these these let's uh, these nerds that are in front of big boards telling me why this guy should bet this game or that game. That is just nothing but dribble, absolute dribble, and a waste of airtime. And uh, college basketball. It, Is 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 got tremendous balance. You know, I had Connecticut against Georgetown the other night. Georgetown had not won a Big East game since they won the conference tournament in 2020, the COVID year, and they had the lead for three-fourths of the game. And they were a 23-point underdog, and they wound up losing by 11. But, I mean, they're not a bad team. But they just have a new team with nine new faces, a bunch of transfers. They're still learning how to play with one another and develop some chemistry. They're not going to be as bad as they were last year. They'll win some games. But, uh, you know, Patrick Ewing is, you know, he's not a Chris Mullen story. He's really a – he approaches the game as a coach and wants to be a really good coach. Uh, and I think he's got a little bit of a longer leash than most because of his history at Georgetown. But that's kind of an example. Connecticut, I think, may be the most complete team in the country. But to think that they were going to beat Georgetown by 23 – I mean, come on—the conference game. You know, these guys have pride. They've got—they've got athletes that are on scholarship, and they put their jock straps on just like everybody else. So, uh, I, I think you're going to see a whale of a college basketball season. Already, you know, Alabama is one of I think the top ten or fifteen teams that could win it all. Okay, could win it all. But there are other teams in the SEC. That I think if they could get hot, could make a run to the final four. Auburn's one of those teams. You know, we'll see if Pearl can get his team going. It's all about when you begin to play your best basketball. Don't peak too soon. You know, it's a two semester sport.
7: Tim, Alabama, speaking of them, just finished up their their non conference play uh, with a win over Jackson State. Tell us what you've seen out of them and guys like Brandon Miller. Noah Clowney, some uh, some young guys really stepping up for Nate Oates in the Alabama basketball program.
8: Well, they're very athletic, and they're really talented, and they're they're good players. But I think the key to Alabama, and I know he's back a little sooner than people thought, but I think the Villanova transfer, Quinterly, is going to be the, the difference in whether Alabama has the kind of season Nate Oates wants them to have or not. Remember, college basketball, for all of the dynamic players and front court guys and you know, big time slam dunks and guys that can attack the basket and create their own shots. You got to have in March. You got to have a guard that you can trust, and and I think Quinterly can be that guy. Uh, you know, he's been banged up, and I think you know getting him back and having him healthy, getting him back sooner, and having him you know have a chance to play against some of these teams like Gonzaga last week that can only help Alabama. Uh, Nate's got a great team. I think the other team you don't want to sleep on in the SEC that could go and win the whole thing is Arkansas. Uh, I like them. I think they're extremely athletic. Don't sleep on that team either. Um, and there, there are a lot of other SEC teams. Clearly, Tennessee is a great defensive team. They're ranked. Uh, you know, Rick's done a great job. I like what the the, the, the Murray State coaches doing at LSU. They're winning some close games. The Gibson kid was a uh, you know, an all uh, AAC player. He transferred over, and along with a couple of his friends, uh, I mean, the, the Kentucky has got to struggle, you know, to be Kentucky this year because other than Shebway, they're underachieving. So, you know, there are a lot of other good teams playing quality basketball in the SEC besides Kentucky and Mississippi State. Finally, lost their first game to Drake the other night, but that team plays really good defense. They struggle on offense, but they play really good
4: defense. I think. I think just as it is nationally is the way it is in the SEC. I, I see four or five teams that can win the conference. But anyway, Tim, uh, I know you're waiting on flights and stuff, and we don't want to interrupt that. But can you no, hang no, through no, a break? I'm
8: headed home. I'm out of the airport. I'm not waiting on anything. I'm home. I made it. I'm good.
4: <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm in my car. You know, I almost, I almost missed Christmas one year when they had a huge snowstorm in Chicago and I was on the road and I I really thought I was just going to curl up in a ball and cry in a corner of the airport. I mean, all my kids were young. Oh, it was horrible.
8: Yeah. It's a, it's a tough feeling. Last February I was coming out of Omaha and I knew we had bad weather and my connection to home was canceled. I wound up having to drive in an ice storm down I-20 on a, you know, it's three hours from Dallas to Shreveport. It took me eight hours. And I'm telling you, that was, the, if y'all remember, everyone was stuck in for like a week last year with that February blast. And uh, I missed a couple of basketball games because the airport was shut down. So, um, but oh. if I had not made it home that day, I would have not, I would have been stuck somewhere between uh, Dallas and Paulsville, Texas, and not made it home. So I've white-knuckled
4: it before, too, Matt. With John Candy. All right, uh, we'll take a break and be right back with more Tim Brando.
1: Covering SEC sports like kudzu on the roadside, this is Big Noon Sports. This holiday ad will be over in 27 seconds. Unlike
0: the new Duracell battery with Power Boost ingredients that can last 19,976
7: seconds,
4: Here's Tim Brando, Q-Burning ELO. Welcome back in Big News Sports. Matt Coulter along with Lars Anderson and Christian Miller. Uh, You did the Villanova-St. John's game, and I'm asking this for a personal reason because uh, Mike Anderson is just a dear friend. I did UAB basketball during his run, and I just think he's a fabulous guy. Did you have a chance to talk to him? His team didn't do too well. Villanova won by 15, I think.
8: Yeah, Villanova found their way. You know, they're a young team, and they found their way. It's very hard to win at and Pavilion. I don't think St. John's has beaten them there since 93. They beat them at Wells Fargo about four years ago, but not not on campus at Villanova. Uh, Mike was disappointed in the way they played. You could tell by watching the game. But I did talk to him at really good length. And, by the way, he said much love to Chris Stewart as well. Chris, of course, uh, was – Hill, as everyone knows, and Mike was one of the guys that checked on Chris's health while he was sick, as many of us did. And uh, uh, I should have said hello for you, Matt. I should have. Next time I I see St. John's, and I will, I've got him a couple more times, I'll make sure I say hello for you. He's doing great. He's a good fit there. Uh, He's really got his best team, talent-wise. They've only lost twice. They lost at Iowa State, and they lost last night. Their schedule hasn't been strong enough necessarily to get them ranked. But I think they could be a tournament team this year. And uh, he's got the transfer point guard from Illinois, Corbello, a kid from Puerto Rico, playing in the backcourt with Posh Alexander. Now, they could not hit the ocean last night. Uh, They really struggled from the floor. But uh, the combination of those guards and this kid, Soriano, in the middle, uh, who is a beast, a big-time player that's going to play at the next level, they're going to be really good, and uh, he and his wife are doing great. And uh, he's talking to Nolan Richardson, you know, every couple of days. Uh, you know, yeah. he's he's an amazingly consistent guy. Mike's one of my favorite people. Always has been.
5: Tim, which do you prefer calling uh, college hoops or college bat or, or college football? And which is harder to prepare for?
8: Uh, well, football is harder to prepare for simply because of the numbers. You know, because of the you know, 90 guys dressed out, you know, a, a two deep really should be more like a four deep, you know, with a lot of themes. So you can even with my big board and with my eyesight as I, uh, uh, approach 67 years of age, my board gets bigger every year. It's hard to fit. I, I have a hard time fitting it in the overhead bin, you know, in the airplane, <laughs> but it, but I, I love both equally. You know, I do. I think a lot of guys, uh, probably. They, they 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 may prefer football, but as time rolls on, they begin to love basketball because you can do more games during the course of the season. Uh, the game only lasts two hours. No sooner than you you know get a sweat up, as you're calling the game, it's halftime. And uh, the relationships you build with the coaches are tremendous. You go in uh, on the day of the game for a shoot-around and visit with the guys, you know, and Uh, You could could never do that in football. So I I think that after football season's over, the regimentation of it all, I really look forward to basketball. I think broadcasters that uh, uh, maybe are not as into the game as as maybe I might be, when they get older, they struggle with basketball more so than football because the game is so fast. Just as referees have a hard time keeping up with the way the game is played, I think sometimes uh, broadcasters, find themselves maybe a play behind or a half a play behind because of the nature of the quickness of the game. Uh, But I love doing them both. I mean, uh, I would never want to give up. There's a reason why, after all the sports I did for so many years, that at this stage of my career, I'm by and large a college football and college basketball guy because I love both.
7: Tim, Alabama will face Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl on December 31st. Uh, They'll be facing Will Howard and Deuce Vaughn, two guys that have big games in the the Big 12 championship. Uh, Could you just preview that matchup for us?
8: Alabama's in trouble. Alabama is in trouble. Mark it down. Now, I know the the excuses will be ready. You know, they really don't care. They're accustomed to being in the playoff. Uh, You know, they just weren't juiced up for this game. They've got their minds on the next level. And I know the big guns are playing, and I think that's admirable. I think it's great that... Will Anderson and those and those guys are going to play. That speaks volumes about uh, you know what what Alabama means to them, and that's wonderful. But Kansas State is a problem. <laughs> if if we had a twelve team playoff right now, uh, Kansas State would be a sleeper pick to win it all. Will Howard took over uh, in the TCU game that Spencer and I had back in October, and lit up TCU, got them an eighteen point lead, only to see Max Duggan bring his team back and win the game, and, of course, D.C.U. stayed undefeated until they played K-State in a rematch. And the Wildcats have got a lot of answers. Uh, they also have a backup to to, uh, uh, to, to Vaughn and uh, named Giddens, and that kid is a freshman that's a tough running back, too. And uh, Knowles, the wide receiver, Malik Knowles, who's had four kick returns for touchdowns, is an explosive wide receiver. Uh, Kurt Warner's son, Cade, is a possession receiver for them. Uh, and their tight end play has been very, very good. Colin Klein, one time Heisman candidate when he played for Bill Snyder in 2012, has become a really good offensive coordinator. Uh, he has really blended in well with what Chris Kleinman is doing. And I'll just tell you right now, I like K State to win the game outright.
4: Wow. You heard it. And I quote Tim Brando. Alabama is in trouble. Tim, get home, enjoy the holidays, Merry Christmas, and thanks for taking time with us today.
8: Oh, anytime, fellas, you know that. And uh, it wouldn't have been right for me to get through 23 without talking to you. So, y'all have a great Happy New Year (laughs) and a Merry (laughs) Christmas.
4: Thank you. you. Uh, There you have it. The of Shreveport, Louisiana. That's Tim Brando. Joining us on Big Noon Sports. Matt Coulter along with Lars Anderson and Christian Miller. Um Let's see what I got left here on my plate. Alright. You like candy canes? Josh, do you like candy canes? Do you like, you know, the, the I like candy red canes wine? better
0: than cor- candy corn. Okay. Hold on. Um,
4: um I wanna find out if you really like candy canes in a moment.
1: From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period.
0: Your home for Alabama Alabama sports. sports. Tide
1: 100.9
0: and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: Are you ready? The Christmas countdown's on at JCPenney. Through Saturday, use your coupon and dash away with very merry savings on last minute gifts across.
0: Windy with the low at 12, the chance of a few snow flurries, the wind chill index below zero after midnight. Tomorrow, cold and windy, the high 24. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 52 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
2: Beginning to look a lot like Christmas
4: Everywhere you go Bing, the five bing, bing. Listening once again. When I, I was a child, my father literally built our stereo system. Back then we called it a hi-fi. He built it from the tubes to the turntable. And we would be decorating a tree and my mom would put on this Christmas album because she loved it so much. I just had to take that. I had to take that little trip down memory lane. All right. Um, Lars, Josh, Joe, Matt, Christian, everybody get on mic because I want to ask you something real, real quick. Um, I read a story here this morning about candy canes and I guess most people like candy canes. You know the peppermint kind, right? Are y'all, y'all okay with that? Yep. And, and then
0: with the good old classic.
4: Yeah, Um, and then, you know, they have others, as, you know, we do in this day and age, we go overboard. But you can get them with cinnamon, uh, molasses, apple pie. But here's where you just go, really? Really, America? They now have candy canes with these flavors. Hot dog? Would you eat that, Josh? Would you eat a hot dog-flavored candy cane?
0: Only if Joey Chestnut challenged me.
7: My, how many, Hey,
4: Christian, does that sound delightful to you?
7: Not one bit, no. <laughs>
4: so, no. And they also have brisket. You want a brisket candy cane?
7: No. I'll right. pass.
4: <laughs> and in the in the most unlikely flavor ever, and I don't even know people that eat these when they're not flavored, sardine? Would you like a sardine-flavored candy cane? Lars Anderson. Negative. Lars, one more time. Negative. Uh, anyway, that's a – I just – and you know what? It's, they're not alone. Candy canes are not alone. We flavor stuff, and um, people mix uh, salts with sugars that I never thought you'd do. Um, I don't like them, but they put barbecue on pizza now. Did Lars, do you eat barbecue pizza? I heard ranch, but barbecue.
5: No, yeah. no, but I do have a question for my daughter Autumn. Autumn, she's, she's bring about it. to make her radio debut. Come on over to the microphone, sweetheart. What's your favorite animal? Panda. Oh, oh. the panda! Nice. I've actually seen a panda in China. <laughs> Lincoln, what's your favorite animal? Uh.
4: come on, Lincoln. Get up here, giraffe. Giraffe, yes. Have you ever seen the ones at the Birmingham Zoo? They will eat uh, big leaves of lettuce right out of your hands. Very cool. Took my grandchildren. Oh, so, so they, they're whispering into the microphone yeah. here. <laughs>
6: so,
4: uh, well, now, now, now is this one going to freestyle or something? <laughs> We've thought about it, but uh, no, no, nope. No, I don't think that's happening now, based on what uh, <laughs> what I'm observing here, but. Uh, Anyway, uh, Christian, what are you getting for Christmas?
7: You know, that, I don't even know. Uh, I'm I'm pretty simple, <laughs> man. I don't I don't <laughs> I don't even I don't need much, man. I, I don't know. But I mean, maybe whatever anybody's nice enough to get me, I'm I'm happy with. Maybe a <laughs> jacket or something. Uh, I don't know. You guys get anything special?
4: Well, I remember when I was a child, and my grandparents would come for Christmas. And they would get socks and underwear, and I would think to myself, (laughs) "How boring! What? Who would ever even dream of giving someone socks and underwear?" Well, guess what I want this year: socks and underwear. Um, Autumn's got something to add here. You know why why I like it? It's because something you don't normally buy for yourself. All right, what's your favorite? What's your favorite sport? Oh. Get out of my way. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, uh got to kind of let the cat out of the bag here. But uh, because of the weather and several other things, we are not going to do a live show tomorrow. Uh, we'll have what's called in this business a best of. So this is kind of our final time to be able to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. So Josh, Joe, Christian, Lars, Autumn, Lincoln. <laughs> Lincoln, sing a Christmas song for me. You know, it's funny how kids are loud, running around, all wide open. Put a microphone in front of them. You know, you ought to just get them a lavalier. You know what that is? Pin it to their collar and see if they're quiet all day. <laughs> well, anyway. Um, that's uh, going to wrap it up for the Christmas season for us. I hope everybody has a, a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. And, um. Yeah, Uh, Merry Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you for your support, and uh, everybody stay safe.
0: Absolutely.
6: Bye-bye.
4: There. Now, with 45 seconds left on the show, they speak. Mm -hmm. You got anything you want to say? Autumn. No. uh, I don't guess so. Hey, Christian, have a great... Hey, to your family, tell your mama we said, Hey, I hadn't seen her since the football season there at uh, 1225 Sports Bar. So,
7: uh... I hope she's doing well, too. Thank you, sir. Merry Christmas to you guys. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, you too.
1: died suddenly and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting
0: life insurance any longer.